0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Giants for Tuesday, August 23rd. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, New York football Giants beat writer for the record here in New Jersey, Gannett, New Jersey, and the USA Today Sports Network. Here at Locked On Giants, we're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find us daily, Monday through Friday, on audioboom.com and on iTunes. Uh, It was a busy day out at Giants. I'm finishing up here at the training facility in East Rutherford in the shadow of MetLife Stadium. And the day began and ended with Victor Cruz. I know a lot of people have been following this story. There have been some ups, some downs. And the big day for Victor Cruz, uh, and came out with flying colors, his first full practice... Uh, Since August 9th, he's been out with a groin injury that bothered him, Uh, led to some people burying him and saying his career was over. Uh, Well, he was back out there on the field today, and truth be told, he looked a lot like the old Victor Cruz in some ways, and in others, he looked like a guy who was trying to feel his way back onto the field. Uh, It's all positive Uh, Everything is building for Victor Cruz towards Saturday night at MetLife Stadium in the annual Snoopy Bowl between the Giants and the Jets in the preseason. Uh, You know, the thing about Cruz is I ended up writing a column for uh, tomorrow in the record about Cruz and what he's gone through in his career, and I've said this on Locked on Giants in an episode last week, The reality is this week for Victor Cruz going into the Jets is as important uh, for his career as the week in the summer of 2010 when he was an undrafted rookie free agent out of UMass in the shadow of his home in Patterson, New Jersey, to come and try to make a run at the Giants and in a roster spot. And he scored three touchdowns against the Jets in the preseason. And the rest is Victor Cruz history. Uh, A year later, he was dancing on the Grammys and celebrating a Super Bowl championship in Super Bowl 46 when the Giants beat the Patriots. Uh, So let's get into some details. We'll do the news of the day at the top of the podcast. Then we'll end up doing uh, our cover two segment where we pick two players uh, and talk about their performance today and what they've got to do To have an impact on this team. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's on deck for the Giants tomorrow and the rest of the week. Uh, So back to Cruz. He was out there uh, with Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, rookie Roger Lewis as they ran with the first team uh, with Eli Manning. But it was uh, two groups of six wide receivers that ran with Eli uh, the other group were Sterling Shepard, Tavares King, and Miles White. Uh, so those six guys were rotating in and out. Only in the no-huddle team drill portion of practice did any receiver take two snaps back-to-back. Uh, so that's obviously a, a step for Cruz when he gets the opportunity to get into a game scenario, uh, how his legs hold up. But some details for Cruz today... Uh, He he took 18 snaps in a variety of team drills uh, with the first team. He caught a team-high eight passes in those drills. And why that's relevant for Cruz is that there were times prior to his groin issue uh, where he was out on the field and Eli Manning was looking elsewhere and throwing the ball uh, to other reads. And Cruz didn't get the football. Today it seemed as though Eli was making a concerted effort, whether that came from the coaches, whether that came from reads that he was making, whether that came from Victor Cruz himself being able to to get open more against the scout team today than maybe he has been. Uh, or it's just a combination of all of that. Uh, but Cruz caught more passes today and was more active in today's practice than he had been in, in the previous uh, eight or nine practices that he, he took part in in training camp. Uh, it, it's it's one of those things where you're watching Cruz and you're trying to imagine what it's going to be like in a game scenario. Does he have the burst? Are his cuts sharp? Uh, if he catches the ball, you know, the thing about Victor Cruz in the past, he did have a problem with dropping some passes. Uh, when he'd lose his lack of focus, he'd have a lack of focus Uh, but also he would be looking to make plays before the ball got in his his hands. Uh, I think he appeared a step quicker on the cuts today. He was far more decisive. It looked like Eli Manning was trusting where Victor Cruz was going to be at a certain time, uh, and he took advantage of it. Uh, There were two plays in particular that stood out uh, on a little bit of a shallow dig route uh, against another undrafted corner in Dante Dion. Uh, Cruz beat him off the line cleanly, caught it coming across the middle, and ended up running to the far right sideline and sprinting down the field uh, for what would have been a touchdown. Uh, and then in 7-on-7, seven seven, uh, this is a play that caught my eye, and it caught the eye of Odell Beckham Jr., uh, who mentioned, spoke to the media today and mentioned it uh about a highlight for what Cruz did I also talked to Bennett Jackson who was the corner covering Cruz at the time in the slot Cruz lined up in the right slot uh, and he noticed that Bennett Jackson had outside leverage on him so Cruz beat him to the inside and caught a perfectly thrown ball from Eli Manning right in, in stride Cruz caught the ball turned up field sprinted there were two defenders that were converging on him, and he split those two defenders and then ended up sprinting the rest of the way to the end zone. A unique perspective front on this play was that Odell Beckham Jr. had a deep route. It looked like a deep corner route. He thought he was getting the ball, as he told us after the practice. And he said when he looked up and saw the ball in the air, he noticed that it was going to Cruz, And he said he just saw 80 running, and it just felt great in terms of where Cruz was and, and what he was able to do in this practice. Now, the people who are doubting Cruz will tell you it was only in practice and don't read too much into it. Uh, and I think there is some truth to that. I think when it comes down to it, this week is all about getting Cruz to Saturday night. And Saturday night and how he looks on Saturday night and if he can stay healthy and get out of that game uh, fairly well and impress in the time that he's going to get, that will then be his push towards being on this team and being on the 53-man roster. Uh, What he did on a Tuesday on the backfields at Quest Diagnostic Center uh, was not uh, the determining factor as to what he's going to be able to do On September 11th against the Cowboys and I think what people are missing is that there is a value to what Cruz brings to that spot even if he's not as fast as he used to be prior to the the devastating knee injury suffered October 12 2014 which coincidentally is Victor Cruz's last NFL game Uh, it's not about his burst necessarily it's not about his speed it's yes it's about his cuts but it's also about his knowledge of playing the position at the NFL level. And I think uh, we saw that today the way Eli Manning was able to read and anticipate where Cruz was going to be on those plays. So for me, that's what I take out of that more than anything else, is that there is such value in a slot receiver's knowledge of where he's going to be Where the ball is going to be within this offense, and what are the keys, and what he's looking to do to set up defenders to be inside. Uh, So, you know, someone brought up on Twitter that uh, today to me, and I think it's a value. It's it has some validity to it. The idea that Wes Welker, when he was older, when he got older, maybe even the situation with the Broncos back when the Broncos made it to MetLife Stadium uh, for Super Bowl 48. And they had an opportunity to be able to to get to that point with receivers uh and it's one of those things where Wes Welker was kind of that third guy, you know, and I think for Victor Cruz, if he's that third guy between Odell Beckham Jr and Sterling Shepard to start the season. I think the Giants would love to have that because I think in that situation, Cruz can make plays on the interior part of a defense that maybe some other uh, players wouldn't be able to make. So for Cruz, uh, I think it it was a huge step forward. I think Wednesday is yet another step forward for Cruz. The Giants were in shells today. Uh, They will be in full pads on Wednesday. Uh, that will obviously be a, uh, a huge moment for crews to be able to get through that practice. Uh, the Giants on Thursday will have uh, a light walkthrough practice, uh, and then they will have uh, another light workout on Friday. So, their heavy practice will be tomorrow uh, in preparation for the Jets. And I do think there will be a lot of game planning for the Jets. Uh, so, at this point, uh, that is a huge. Huge situation for Cruz. Uh, The Giants have to be thrilled with what they saw today. Uh, Again, we don't want to make it out to be that Cruz is back to being a pro bowler. uh, But you can't overstate how important this was to the Giants. They need Victor Cruz to be a factor in this offense. Not a big factor as he was back in 2014. Uh, prior to the old Odell Beckham Jr. show. But they definitely need Cruz. They want Cruz on this roster. They need Cruz on this roster. And let's be honest, Cruz needs this team, uh, and he needs to be out there uh, with some of these teammates. So um, that would be the Cruz story today. I would uh, I would imagine that we were going to mention him on Wednesday's show and Thursday's show and Friday's show all the way up to the game with the Jets, and then uh, I have a feeling we may be mentioning Victor Cruz on Monday as well. But this is a this is not just a sideshow, as some would like to peg it out to be. Uh, this is a player that the Giants need, and this is a player that a lot of fans are rooting for. Uh, but I think it, it's at that point where, you know, they can get ready to take that next step and see where Cruz is. Um We'll take the time now to remind you that Locked On Giants can be found on audioboom.com. And we're also on iTunes. So make sure you spread the word. We're into our second full week of, of shows. Uh, I'm you know, very pleased with some of the feedback that I've received. If you want to send any more feedback to me, you can reach out to me on Twitter at art underscore Stapleton. Uh, also, if you prefer email, it's LockedOnGiants at gmail.com. Really looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, I wanted to start up a Twitter mail, uh, mailbag on today's episode, but I haven't really gotten much response, so we'll end up uh, holding off on that until I can start getting some some strong responses from uh, Q&A. You can't really have a and a when you don't have any cues. so I have as many answers as i can possibly have but if i don't have any cues i can't really do A. Q&A. so that's where we're at with that um what i will say is that uh you know you can also catch us on uh, fanragsports.com todayspigskin.com and todaysfastbreak.com uh, we'll the locked on podcast network is featured on all three of those sites we're not just the NFL, we also have NBA on the network, so uh, make sure you check that out. But if you're looking for Locked On Giants, you could find us on fanragsports.com and todayspigskin.com. Uh, we're all there on the team pages. All you have to do is click on there, and you can end up finding that uh, under stories that are written on there. Uh, also, all of my work can be found on northjersey.com, uh, and also we end up running on, on all of the Gannett, New Jersey websites. And uh, on select days, we'll be in, on the USA Today website. Uh, so that's always a fun thing to, uh, to check out. Um, it's time for the Cover 2 segment. Pick two players. We'll talk about them a little bit. Uh, see where they fit in as far as the, the race for the 53. Uh, first one we'll look at is JT Thomas, linebacker. Came off of the physically unable to perform list today. Uh, he's a veteran he performed he participated in individual drills you know JT Thomas is an interesting guy last year he was signed as a free agent to come in and and you know the Giants really loved what they saw in Thomas when they played against Jacksonville uh, down in Jacksonville when uh, one of the one of the worst losses Tom Coughlin had in his last two years with the Giants when they lost they lost a big lead and ended up losing to Jacksonville JT Thomas was very impressive and the Giants loved that film they loved that performance and they ended up giving him a good contract last year uh, and he he didn't live up to expectations uh, he struggled uh, he was injured a little bit and now this year he hurt it hurt his hamstring back in the spring uh, and has been on the pup list right up until today and I have to be honest. He is behind in the race to make this 53-man roster. I don't think there's any other way to look at it. I think Thomas was a little frustrated uh, that it took so long for his hamstring to heal. But let's just assess the the linebackers uh, right now. Uh, Devon Kennard is on the roster. Jonathan Casillas is on the roster. I believe Kelvin Shepard will be on the roster. You have Jasper Brinkley. You have Keenan Robinson. You have B.J. Goodson, who I believe is on the roster. You have Mark Herzlick, whose worth is debated at linebacker, but he's a very good special teamer, and he's a popular guy in in this franchise. So it'll be, you're going to have to, you know, it's almost like, to beat the defending champion, you got to knock that champion out. Well, if you're going to knock Mark Herzlick off of this roster, you're legitimately going to have to knock him off this roster by by earning that spot. Uh, I don't believe the Giants are going to look to take Herzlick off of this roster unless someone legitimately beats him out in all facets. So that's what's facing JT Thomas. I don't think the Giants can take more than six linebackers, uh, and at this point, He hasn't even played in a game yet. So it's going to be a tough road to hoe for him to get back into that mix unless you start seeing some injuries over the next week or so that some of these guys fall by the wayside. Um, I've been impressed with Shepard. Keenan Robinson has struggled a little bit in my eyes. I think Jasper Brinkley is someone who's uh, really relegated to first and second down. He's a good leader in the huddle. You know what you're getting against the run. But uh, I wonder if Brinkley finds himself on the roster bubble as well, trying to fight his way onto this team, especially if Keenan Robinson's play uh, picks up. B.J. Goodson, I believe, is on this roster regardless, so he's one of those guys who uh, is going to be a special teams player, and he, he's the Mike linebacker of the future. Uh, and, and who knows, if he comes along quicker than, than expected, maybe in the beginning of, of the season, you might start seeing him emerge week 4, week 5 uh, as a guy who could take some snaps away from the guy in the middle. So that would be my assessment of JT Thomas. Uh, the other part of the cover 2, here's a little little bit of a sleeper here and I have to admit I'll eat some crow. Jarrell Adams, uh, the Giants sixth round pick out of South Carolina this year, a tight end. Uh, I was a little surprised. In the spring, when I saw him in rookie minicamp, how raw he was. I know the, some of the scouting reports. I know some of the analytical guys loved Jarrell Adams, thought, thought he was a sleeper that the Giants took. Uh was supposed to be very raw as a receiver, but a good blocker. 6'5", 247, 23 years old. What I will say right now is quietly, steadily, Jarrell Adams has continued to pick it up over the last couple weeks, and I think it's been an impact of the coaching. I think he's benefited from Matt Lacoste being out hurt. Uh, You know, there was a lot of talk of Ryan Malik, uh, another rookie tight end from Point Pleasant down in Jersey, Uh, but I think Adams right now is playing his way uh, into a situation where they're not only going to have to keep him on the roster – Uh, I believe he could have an impact you know I think he's gonna get an opportunity here if not this weekend in practice and then maybe going into the preseason finale to show that he can be a blocking tight end you know Lacoste is out with a knee injury Uh, I don't know it's probably more of a day-to-day thing with Lacoste but they need to get him healthy I like Lacoste a lot Uh, I think he belongs on this roster But I also think that Jarrell Adams does too. He seems a lot smoother right now, running routes, knowing his assignments. Uh, I'd like to see him out there against the Jets in a blocking situation, especially with the way Larry Donnell played the last time at Buffalo. Um, So I'm watching the Adams now, and there have been a couple times over the last couple weeks where I've noticed a play by Jarrell Adams. And I've kind of said, wow, you know, that's a big difference from the guy who played with the Giants back in in the spring. Uh, It seemed like he was really feeling his way through everything rather than just reading and reacting. Uh, So my two players for cover two would be JT Thomas and Jarrell Adams. So hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, that segment and some of the crew stuff from today. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow for Wednesday's edition of Lockdown Giants. Until then, Please keep subscribing, keep listening, and we'll talk to you soon. list.